0: This,
1: this, this is 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 fight disciples.
0: We are gathered here today for
1: the fight disciples. UFC and boxing talk. Hiya,
0: I'm Adam, and I'm Nick, and welcome to episode nine, geniusly titled this week. Nicholas, come on, you came up with it. no way, Jose. I make Nick eat his own words.
2: I'm going to I'm gonna say something you're not going to like here.
0: You think Charles is going to take him
2: out? I think AJ is going to get
0: knocked out. Obviously, he shows off a lot. I personally think it will go the same way that Callum Smith's fight went at the weekend. I don't think wow. it's going to last that long. I think he's going to blast him out. And Stephen Smith is on the verge of Scouse history. No Scouser
1: has ever won a world title overseas. I know, something else. I can't it's believe that's it, that. when yeah, I, I got can't. Done it. It, it considering we're such a massive, you know, we're a massive boxing city. You know, we've had a good you know, of world champions. So we've had some unbelievable fighters, some massive talents from the city for 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 that to be true That you know, I'm the first person to go out and win one outside the UK is unbelievable, and you know, it's something I'd be very proud to do. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Okay, come on, Adam, bring
2: it on. What? I've got my gum shield in. I'm going to take it like a man. Come on, bring it. I was wrong. You were right. Oh, that sounds good. That <laughs> sounds really good.
0: Uh, for those that didn't actually get their hands on episode eight, opportunity knocks. Um, obviously, week in week out, we like to make a few predictions as we as we see fights going. Yep. Anthony Joshua in action against Prince Charles Martin. Me and Nick both made predictions. Here's Nick's? I'm going to I'm going to say
2: something you're not going to like
0: here. You think Charles is going to take him
2: out? I think AJ's gonna get knocked out. That was a bit of an error, weren't it, son? Yeah. <laughs> in my defence, yeah, okay, so I did say I wanted AJ no, to I'll tell win.
0: you what you what you said, listen again.
2: I think AJ's gonna get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Okay, I got it wrong. But in my defence, I did want AJ to win. Me heart wanted AJ to win, of course. I wanted the I wanted the British heavyweight champion. Of course I did, I wanted two of them. But obviously, I just give Charles Martin that that unknown quantity Southpaw big hitter benefit of the doubt. I didn't know he was going to sit on the floor and refuse to beat the ten count. It was it was kind of embarrassing to be honest with you. Just a touch,
0: yeah. Just in case um, you didn't listen last week, um, this is uh, what I said actually going into that fight. I personally think it will go the same way that Callum Smith's fight went at the weekend. I don't think it's going to last that long. I think he's going to blast him out feels good feels good that man
2: yeah said every, that
0: he was going to go in and he was going to do similar to Callum blitz him away job yeah. up.
2: every dog has his day how
0: good can AJB? do you think
2: well you know on a performance like that at the end of the day w- say what you want about Charles Martin the guy came to England with a world title belt wrapped around his, wa- around his waist so you know you've got to give the guy all the respect in the world he was undefeated he had a hell of a KO run mate
0: I'd come for four million dollars
2: t- <laughs> I, I agree I, I know what you mean but he was I'd a-
0: let you beat me naked for four million dollars
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't got $4 million, <laughs> so we're safe there. Um, but he was an unknown quantity, you know, and you've got to give AJ all the benefit of the doubt there because he got in there. All the pressure was on Anthony Joshua. You know, this guy, as you just pointed out, this guy's paid $4 million to float into town, put his world title online, zero pressure. Nobody's paying to, paying to see him. People are saying to see Anthony Joshua win a world title. Yeah. So there was no pressure on him whatsoever. What do you
0: make of his get-up? It went very Muhammad Ali, didn't it? The cheeky little it's scoundrel.
2: Just, it kind of... You know, when you do all that, I love all that. I love the ring walk. I love the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the dressage and the fan. It you know, gets everybody going. I'm bang. I, you know, I'm right into it. But when you do it and you don't perform, when you sit on the floor and you refuse to go, it's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? You know, if you're going to have all that. Brigadaro, mm. br- br- bravado, whatever. You've got to back it If up. you're going to wear a crown,
0: mate, but dance like the king, simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Whereas the other fella, Anthony Joshua, walks in like uh, Muhammad Ali with the white robes on, white boots, white gloves. Oh, he looked a million
2: dollars, did the boy? It, to be honest, it looked like me on a Saturday night after yeah. I've had a good bath. Yeah, and I put my robe on and I'm just down the stairs. Out.
0: Yeah, yeah, You've got to be impressed with the guy, though. And how nonchalant was he when he wins the fight? He's like, he's not arsed. It's like going, yeah, I've just gone out, nailed this kid, I'm going home now. to that."
2: That was the thing with the second knockdown as well. If you you know, on the replay you see it clearly Anthony Joshua gets sent to a neutral corner he kind of walks the corner looks looks out ringside and shrugs his shoulders as if to go like shit sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't very good how, was he? How, how much of your pet
0: Yeah exactly yeah. It's a good job Selby had a little bit of a do earlier yeah, on Exactly
2: <laughs> you, you've had your money the undercard was, was pretty competitive you know there you go but uh, it in regards to how far can he go you know let's go back to what we were saying about Callum Smith last week who who wouldn't you put him up against with mm. you know people saying Fiore's got too much experience he's too long he's too you know intrusive he spoils the fight and all that yeah maybe so but Anthony Joshua's proved once again that if he gets you on the chin he's a finisher Yeah, and he finished The kid there, won the world title, what more do you want from him? You know, he had the perfect game plan. Step outside that left leg and lead with the right hand and it worked you know that he hit him, he dropped him with the same shot twice.
0: You know, the second one, he didn't even hit him properly. I think he was still rocking from the first one. I think so,
2: yeah, but it was like it was exactly the same punch Mm. just five seconds later, and you think, What what was Martin even thinking?
0: To be no. fair, he probably saw about three Anthony Joshuas after that first that's one. That's probably you know true. I mean? yeah, Where's yeah, he, he say coming from? <laughs> exactly. He did say
2: afterwards, that obviously, speed kills. He was just too fast for him. But it's kind of embarrassing for a heavyweight champion of the world to go formally, out that quickly. To go out like... not, You know, people get obliterated. That's fair enough. People get caught and get finished. But this guy, he seemed... You know, his eyes weren't completely glazed over. He was looking at the referee. He just sat on his fat ass and was like, uh, you know, I'll get up now, shall I? I don't know, it just... You, you take nothing away from Anthony Joshua but if I was from Charles Martin's camp, I'd be kind of disappointed that he's given up the world title in the manner he is you know and it just harks back now to the fact that yeah he, he was an incredibly lucky world champion in hindsight mm. he only got a shot at the belt because Fury got stripped of it and then he won the belt because the guy got injured in the fight so he kind of got it on a technicality anyway I don't know he's made 4 million quid but I guarantee he won't make anywhere near that for the rest of his career
0: well it was good business from his point of view because yeah. like you said all those things that you just pointed out cash out yeah. You've become champ now. Cash out when you can. And he has done that, obviously. Uh, but for Anthony Joshua, going forward, um, I've seen that... Uh, well, we already know that Tyson Fury-Klitschko is now on Manchester July the ninth, providing yeah. people stay fit and all that type of stuff. Um, Eddie N's already booked uh, O2 Arena back out for July the ninth.
2: It's insane. It's, it's insane. it's
0: an insane day, July the ninth. For those that don't know, I think the European... Uh, the Euro Championship final, July the 9th, it's yeah. also Wimbledon weekend, so on the Sunday... Um, maybe Andy Murray's in a a, a Wimbledon final no maybe Uh, there's also that small matter what's
2: that what's that other thing what's that McGregor doing on that night something in Vegas what's that Irish guy's name yep UFC 200 the rematch between Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz you know it's a case of on that day you know Get your wives, girlfriends, spouse, stick it in a taxi, send it away for the weekend, send it back to her mother's, (laughs) isn't it? Because you just want to be glued to the TV. You've got the football straight into boxing. So again, you know, the weekend. I was sitting there. I had. Are uh, you
0: surprised that the Tyson Fury fight is happening in the UK? By the way,
2: uh, I'm not surprised. No, because obviously Tyson gave up everything to go and fight Klitschko on his soil. I'll be honest. I think the way there may well have been even more money in the offering to fight in Germany, Hmm. but I think Tyson's thought no. I've got to take, you know, the reason he won the last fight is he took Klitschko out of his comfort zone. He didn't stand in front of Klitschko and act all gracious and courteous and thanks for the opportunity like everyone else has done for 12 years. He took him out of his comfort zone. He pretended he was Batman, beating up his mate at the press conference, all that crap that Tyson does. Well, this time it's his turn. He brings him over here. He takes Klitschko out of his comfort zone. He makes him fight in Manchester. He makes him stay in a hotel for a change. I completely understand. And good on Tyson for putting his foot down and making it happen. Hmm. But uh, in terms of this big, quadruple header that we've got going on. It's just, it's bonkers. Mm. It's absolutely bonkers that they would do two heavyweight title fights on the same this night. It, this Even no though it is the the opposite ends of the country. Yeah,
0: there seems to be a lot of... Um to and fro him regarding the snipes from both camps. Not necessarily Anthony Joshua himself; he seems to stay out of all that. However, he did bite a little bit on Twitter with uh, Tyson Fury. I'm just talking regarding the promotional aspects of stuff because if uh, that that fight was obviously announced mm-hmm. on the day of the weighing of Anthony Joshua's fight, wasn't it? You know what I mean? To take the limelight, Costless. I suppose, and bring it back over here to the guy that's got the majority of the belts yeah, yeah. in the heavyweight division. Then obviously they announced July the 9th Eddie Hearn goes down the road right we'll have the O2 for July the 9th just in case Anthony comes through this quite nicely he's nice and fresh we can stick him out again Yep. he goes out on that particular night is this building to a super fight this year or are you looking at one probably in 2017 between those two men because at some point they're going to fight each other if you yep. look down the, the realms of history all the big boys fought each other Ali Frazier all these boys they, all yep. the top lads in their, at the in their time had to fight each other at one point we're going to see it at some point yep. will it be this year or next year do you think
2: Um, obviously the tough, you know, Joshua now have a, a mandatory defense, so I'm not concerned about who he fights potentially on that date. Obviously, Fury's got to be Klitschko again, which the manner of the the, the the decision first time around, you would back Fiori this time to get the job done. But let's not forget, you know, Klitschko probably fought the worst we've seen him fight in ten years in that fight. Is he going to make all the same mistakes? I don't know, but that's not a, that's not a shoe in for me. That's not that's not a gimme fight. Towards the end of the year, the, the problem you've got is. A fight like that needs a stadium hmm. in the UK. It's got to be in a stadium. If they're talking about Fury being at Old Trafford and they're talking about Joshua going back out to uh, Wembley or the O2 or whatever it may be, that fight deserves a stadium. It's got to be a stadium. And that means only one thing, next spring, early summer. Hmm. You know, we're, we're looking at probably 12 months for that fight, in my opinion. I can't see it happening before then because we just haven't got a venue big enough to bring together the two biggest heavyweights in the country. So,
0: Well, let's not forget as well, Wilder's going to Russia. He's doing the old yep. Rocky, isn't he? He's taking on Perfection. How do you reckon mental. that one's going to go? That's mental. Yeah, it is. Why is he doing that in, the back- in his backyard?
2: Because it's money. Because when you go over to America, Deontay Wilder's not a superstar. You know, he's not a massive sell. He's not a big pay-per-view star. That's why he's going all the way to Russia. They've probably offered him an absolute small fortune. You know, that's why... He- Roy Jones finished off his career there because they've got a ton of money that they're throwing at sports, but that's the only reason why Wilder's going over there. There's no way he should be going over there and putting his belt on the line. He's the champion.
0: Against a guy that's very dangerous. The
2: problem is, he's not a sell in the US. He's not a pay-per-view star. He's not going to make that much money.
0: What did you make of the undercard then on the Anthony Joshua um, bill at the weekend? Some great fights on there. Some statements, I thought, one of which, and I was surprised, I thought David Brophy would go a lot longer with George Groves because... Yeah. We've seen fro- uh, we've seen Groves since Frotch. Yeah. And he as we've said on this podcast, he's been frotched. He's not the same guy. However, I thought he looked up, I thought he looked quite decent actually. Yeah. And maybe that is a reaction to how good Callum Smith was the week before in order I've got to step my game up here. If I'm gonna get a fight with Callum Smith, I have to look half decent. And he did, to be fair. We in two yeah. rounds did the
2: job. Well he's he's with Shane McGuigan now It's his new coach and everything else So I expected to see a reaction I expected to see a performance Make no mistake David Brophy ain't world class in my opinion
0: Undefeated though going into it I know he's not world class But undefeated going in
2: Of course So it was a live fighter But that's not necessarily a bad thing For George Groves Because Brophy's going to fancy his chances He's looked at what Groves has done At world title level Came up short ultimately And Brophy's thought I can make a statement myself here I can get a fight with Callum Smith I can get a world title fight The problem was It was a big step in In terms of levels of opponents jumping up to George Groves who was genuine world class albeit someone that's lost at mm. world class it was a big step for him and I think he came come out and wanted to fight a little bit too much and was a t- little bit impatient and, and walked into George Groves' shots a little bit but uh, I was impressed by that performance I'm a massively Selby fan yeah, as you know so uh, when he got dropped I was like... Oh. What, what, what's going on? And I thought, where's this guy come from? You know, because I'd looked in the clean shot, wasn't it? it? It was a great shot. It was a great shot. But I tell you what, it didn't bother Selby whatsoever. He shrugged it off. Thirty seconds later, and then got back to his job. Mm. So it was a good performance. But the other guy, you know, I just thought he. You could see why he'd been disqualified disqualified in the past and stuff like that. But I did watch that world title fight that he had, and he got disqualified. But he punched him after the bell. But he'd been knocked down. He kind of jumped up, and the guy hit him. It was kind of a weird circumstance. So it fell from a little bit. But when the going got rough, he was. Throwing the low blows, mm. everything else, and you could see he didn't want to be there no more. But it was a good. It's it, that's what Selby needs, I think. Yeah, that's what he needs to prove himself as the one. He needs tough fights like that. He needs to be climbing up off the canvas. What he needs now is unification matches. You know, for me, he's proved himself once again as a legit world champion. Now, I want to see him try and bring some belts together and start collecting belts. Um,
0: I, I watched all this, by the way, abroad. I was on a stag doing in Benidorm. This is what I watched all this. I'll get to those stories in a minute. Um, however, I can't really, after the weekend that I've had, slag like anybody's dancing off at all. Nigel Ben's got some got some skills, man. He he, yeah. he can throw it around a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it's a little bit weird dancing. With your, with your teenage son, but that's yeah. a bit embarrassing. But he seemed all right with you, Did Connor, didn't he? He was he right amongst it.
2: It was, yeah, it was like a Ben family party, wasn't it? Like a yeah, Nancy's yeah. we anniversary or something yeah, at yeah. once. I expect Jive Bunny to come over to speakers or something <laughs> like that, but uh, I was impressed by Connor Ben. You know, take away. Do you reckon he, when he, he took
0: start... that left hook, he's exactly like him? Oh, dad.
2: perfect. He moves just like him and everything else. But the good thing was, he's game like him too. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. not like a, he's not a, let's face it, he's not a boxer, he's a fighter. You know, and that's why he's going to make a lot of money. And that's why, obviously, Eddie Hearn's seen that and thought, let's bang him on, let's present him to the world and show what he's about. Because now, everybody wants to see Conor Ben fight every time after a performance like that. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm, what a place to make your debut, you know. On a and decent on the card, he wasn't like, like he wasn't
0: like half past five of the night, were they? they looked after him. Exactly, and he wasn't even a floater, which you
2: usually get for a four-rounder. Yeah. He was actually on the card, he was named on the card to take place, you know, prior to George Groves or whatever it was, just before the main event. So, big future for that kid, big future.
0: Um, I apologise, by the way, because of the popularity of Anthony Joshua and obviously out in Benidorm, they had all the big screens in various bars and stuff like that. Um, there was a live sex show that got postponed till two in the morning. Unbelievable. So, that, yeah, exactly. It got kiboshed kind of off. Of which I witnessed on Friday night, by the way.
2: Brilliant.
0: I didn't know that this actual stuff went Is that on. why you've got
2: a sore throat? No, listen, you got too close to the action.
0: Yeah, to be fair. Well, this is what happened. I'll tell you what happened, right? I was in a bar having a bevy, big yep. screens are on, and they were doing karaoke and various things like this. Right.
2: What was on the screens then? Well, the sex show?
0: No. Oh, oh karaoke. And then right. halfway through the karaoke, like. They put this sex show on. I thought it was just porno. They put a porno on the big screen. I thought this is a little bit odd. Yeah. Obviously the bar starts uh, filling out. Girls are looking at it, going, "Oh, this is disgusting." Yeah. We're off. Yeah. They're clear off. Not lads are in there. So I said "Right, come on, we'll clear off as well." I'm just going to go to the toilet. I'll be back in a minute. Went into the back. It wasn't a porno that they put up there, mate. They were just filming <gasps> a, a granny getting Lex- in the back. Not, in the back. The- in the back of the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Two lads having a go on this granny in the back of the bar. Oh my god! So I went for a slash. Obviously had a little bit of a look on the yeah, way exactly. on the way past. Saw <laughs> the lads. Another ten minutes later, they went in there and had a little bit of a nosing then we cleared off. Yeah, brilliant. But this is like a regular thing. It's not like an isolated bar that does it. There's a few of them down the street that does it. Oh my goodness, cracking pal! We'll have to get out there and watch some. Uh, does
2: what? the does the bride to be know that the groom got through in the middle? Well, of Well, she's, that she's a
0: subscriber to the Fight Disciples <laughs> podcast. She doesn't totally aware of this <laughs> stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, as well as um, everything that happened at the O2 over the weekend, um, it was the final swan song for Pacquiao. I was impressed
2: yeah, yeah, with me Manny too. Pacquiao. Me too, yeah. We
0: both said last week that we thought that Bradley might cause a little bit of an upset, but he looked yeah. up for it, did Pacquiao, which kind of alludes to the fact that he might not be the last one.
2: Yeah, it does, yeah. With a performance like that now, it would be tough to walk away, especially, you know, the people around him probably say, oh, you've still got it, Manny. And he didn't, at times, he did look like he'd still got it, you know, he dropped... He dropped Bradley twice with two nice little hooks, one right and then a left a couple of rounds later. So it really was like a vintage Manny Pacquiao Were you display, disappointed with Timothy Bradley? A little bit.
0: Because he he didn't throw as many shots as that first fight. That first fight, he was just constant all over Manny, he, and he seemed a little bit laboured in his work.
2: He did, yeah. I thought he... Um you know, he looked like he played his part a little bit to me. Do you reckon? Yeah, which you know, can't of steal the limelight
0: from the fo- from the next president of the Philippines. Exactly, I can't, I can't yeah. steal his thunder, mate, because that's not the
2: one song that everybody wants. I know. Let's just hope in ten years' time, we're not reading about Timothy Bradley selling as you know his luxury villa in the Philippines where he's lived for the last ten years <laughs> rent free, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> something yeah, like yeah. that. Tax-free heaven out in the Philippines, looked after by President. But yeah,
2: Manny. I was I was uh, I was a bit disappointed with Bradley. You know, similar to yourself, yeah, I kind of expected him to. That, no point for me. Did he take the fight to Manny? You know, he, it was competitive in, in rounds and stuff like that. and He kind of, but he never he never seemed to get into third gear mm. at all. And you know what? He put that down to Pacquiao's performance. You know, I thought Pacquiao it was a vintage Pacquiao performance, but on. Seeing as the way it was the rubber match, you know it was the big decider. I think we've seen Timothy Bradley do a lot better against Manny Pacquiao than he did on Saturday night. So yeah, I'm a little bit like you. The, the, the thing is now we talked about it before. Bradley is still probably the best opponent Kell Brook has ever faced if yeah. he can get that fight. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing. Well, is, he
0: needs a comeback fight now. Does Bradley? Doesn't he have to back of that exactly? Perfect.
2: But. We're talking about a comeback fight. Kelbrook's the world champion. Yeah, no, I, well, know, he can't get a dick Can't can he? get anyone. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully now he might go to Timothy Bradley. Well, you come to the UK and then you know this is your comeback fight. And but then again, you've got to try and sell Timothy Bradley as being a you know a guy coming off a defeat going into a world title fight. But you know, boxing's boxing. But well, you've
0: got to sport. take your hat off to Eddie Hearn and his matchroom boys because they paid over the odds for uh, Prince Charles to come over here and fight Joshua. He's got to do the same now for Kelbrook. If he wants Kelbrook to fight in the UK, he's got to pay somebody a king's ransom to get themselves here. Because he he ain't going to come for nothing and fight him for next... Just the opportunity of becoming world champion, because they'll get their asses kicked.
2: Yeah, but then why why pay Timothy all that money? Why not just let Kel go to the US? this This is the thing, you know, it's like... Andy Joshua's the darling of, of British boxing, Eddie Hearn's love child, you know, so he will pay a really? fortune to bring <laughs> over. not on the best certificate? That's an exclusive. <laughs> uh, he will pay a fortune to get him a world title fight on home soil because he can see the potential there. Uh, Kel Brook, probably something similar. You know, my own boy, Stephen Smith, you know, he's going to the US this weekend to fight for the world title.
0: Did you title. say own, as in O-W-N, or did you say home? Own. All right, o- I du- thought you were giving some cal streak
2: back in the net. <laughs> My homeboy Stevie Smith. No, no, my own boy. All right, dear. okay, okay. okay. Um, so, he, but then you know, Swifty's got to travel, hmm. and and Eddie Hearn didn't even put a purse bid in. It was Luda Bella won the purse bids for this fight this weekend. Yeah, on a conversation with Eddie Hearn. Yeah, yeah, Stephens will we'll travel. Out, yeah. That's fine. Let Kelbrook Brook travel. I want to see Kel Brook travel. You know, Kel- it. well,
0: he won the title traveling, didn't he? So, yeah, let's do it again. Get him over there. Get,
2: the problem is he doesn't do big enough numbers in the US to um, uh, in the UK, sorry so get him over to the US and build a fan base there. it worked for Amir Khan, Amir Massively, Khan's an absolute yeah. superstar now because he was willing to go over and fight in the US, Joshua's completely different, you know, let's not get mixed up there's, heavy, there's, there's professional boxing and then as we know there's, there's heavyweight weights, boxing, yeah, yeah. It, it's a completely different thing, Anthony Joshua now is absolutely the golden goose of, of British sport, put him on pay-per-view against any bum And that's going to sell out. It's going to make money. Kell Brook, for me, is slightly different. I think people have seen Kell Brook in the past, seen what he's all about. I think British fans are a little bit like, hmm, take him or leave him at the moment. We've seen him free so many times. Why would we start paying for him now? Especially against the calibre opponents he's had. Get him over to the US. Let him beat Timothy Bradley on US soil and then get a little bit of rivalry going. That's the only way you're going to get Amir Khan. Kell Brook's got to be attractive to American TV because Amir knows... That's how you make your real money yeah. is being attractive to American TV. So if Kel goes over there and beats Timothy Bradley, suddenly American TV won it and now the, Ke- the Amir Khan fight has got to happen now because American TV won it, UK TV won it. Amir Khan goes, OK, I've just lost to Canelo, let's do Wembley. It's, for me, it's a bit of a no-brainer.
0: Let's uh, hear from your homeboy <laughs> uh, because he's on the verge of making history this weekend. No Scouser has
1: ever won a world title Overseas, I know something else. I can't it, believe that's that yeah, when I, I got not it. them such a massive, you know, we're a massive boxing city. You know, when we've had a, you know, a lot of world champions and yeah. have yeah, had unbelievable fighters, some massive talents come out the city for 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 that to be true. That you know, I'm the first person to go out and win one outside the UK is unbelievable, and you know, it's something I'd be very proud to do.
0: Can you believe that, by the way?
1: No scouser has ever won a world title abroad.
0: They've all won them on UK soil.
2: Yeah, I know it's it's insane. It's insane when you look at it. Um, the, the rich history of, of of boxing in my hometown as well. The amount of champions that we've had, both amateur and pro. But to have uh, to have no professional title won is uh, is insane. You know, I, I, I know. Xbox are very close to my heart. Alan Rudkin. He actually fought for three world titles, and uh, he's probably one of the best British boxers never to win a world title. But all three of his were overseas as well, you know. So we've we've certainly contested titles overseas before. But yeah, it's insane, you know. And uh, but uh, listen, I'm I'm super confident. I'm hoping my. My betting, my odds-making <laughs> from, last from last week, week yeah. are completely and utterly out of my system now.
0: Well, before we get your thoughts on it, let's hear from Swifty, because he um, he cast his eye over uh, Jose Pedraza, who is going up against in the Super Featherweight division for the IBF uh, title over in the States on the 16th of April. Uh, he pops into Fight Disciples HQ for a little bit of uh, uh, a chat about his opponent.
1: This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store.
0: I've watched quite a few of his fights recently yeah. um, we'll talk about Ed and Cherry in a minute but what I've picked up on is that he does he, he switch hits quite a lot he does lot, fight yeah. quite a lot of his fights southpaw yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing that within your training then that's been yeah, quite definitely. a lot we've had
1: all all kinds of sparring and we've had tall southpaws we've had tall orthodoxes. we've been you know joe has been every, wherever he wants something change and another not have been sparring two people the orthodox jumps in the southpaw jumps in and been doing 12 rounds like that with you know two fresh people changing mid round twice mm. a round sometimes and you know we've covered absolutely everything you know we, there's nothing I can say could have done more in terms of preparation wise but you so you prepare prepared been, for we, a long yeah, run yeah well you've got it you've always got to, you know people say that that question a lot to Callum because you know he's 19 and 0 and 10 of us fight events in a round yeah, yeah. you know we, people think that you know he goes away and trains for a round, but it's not the case. You've got to be, you've got to pay for your worst case scenario. It's got to be twelve tough rounds, and you know if, if you if you get it over there, you get it over early. And you know I'm not saying in this fight that it's going to go twelve. You know I believe I hit as hard as any super featherweight in the world, and you know if I land on anyone, I, I can get the mountain. You prove that against Machado, be, though. Last yeah, time of out. course. I mean it's going to be a case of going in and going about my business the way the way I people. You know if I land them confident I, I, I can hit them and you know, I'm a good finish. I can, I can get get them out, but. I've, I've prepared for for 12 good rounds and you know wh- whatever the eventuality whether it's against the Southport against the North Sox I've, I've covered it and I believe I've got the shots to do it
0: Well you come through your eliminator against Michero did the yeah. business on him and then off the back of that um, the champ goes and fights uh, Edmund
1: yeah. uh, uh, Cherry, the cherry. Mm.
0: what did you make of that fight?
1: Stranger when I thought it started off first four rounds I thought Pedraza was winning it comfortable enough and then I thought the next four rounds Cherry come out and won the four of them mm. I thought hang on I mean after eight rounds rather than looking like you had a bit of a a breeze for Pedraza, a bit of a comfortable defence, had a bit of a fight on, and then round 80, switched to Southport, and then boxed the rest of the fight Southport, and I think it was one of them fights, really, it was it, it was what, what, what you liked, you know, we score what you liked, if, if you could have given it to Pedraza, well, he was looking to,
0: He was looking to keep his t- title, let's, let's off, be straight, yeah, yeah. But I
1: think, you know, if it would have went against him, went to Cherry, I don't think he could have kicked up a fuss and put any complaints or anything, it was one of them things where, it genuinely was a fight where, if you liked it, the movement and the long range shots of Pedrazi mm. you score for him but if you like the aggression of, of, of Cherry you score for Cherry and it was very close and people could say that he was lucky, lucky to get the decision and it's one of the things where I think he showed although it wasn't his best performance I've watched them, watched them all and he's been better than that I think it showed a lot of a lot of weaknesses in in, in his army that mm. you know he's got a bit of a stubbornness about himself and he seemed to think like he's the champ so he doesn't have to change what he's doing or whatever and no one... He, he seems to be, you know, let off a few things that you know, we, we've been working on since. And
0: Yeah, from from a from a, a fan's point of view, watching that fight, I looked at it and thought, he is the champ and he should be able to dictate that fight. However, yeah. he kind of got dragged in a little bit to a fight that he really shouldn't have been fighting, which for yeah. you, you probably look at that and go, I fancy a bit of this, yeah, it's alright. Exactly, because you can box and you can get in a turn up if you listen, wish. if
1: you're the world champion, obviously you want to go out and do what you do. You know, you don't have to look at the best Floyd Merida you when know, he goes out and does that. But if, if, if something all of a sudden is not working for him, then he adapts and changes mm. and he makes it as easy as he can for himself and wins comfortable all the time. You know, that's why he's never lost and that's what a champion can do sometimes. You might be the strongest man in, in, in your country. You go abroad and you box someone else, and all of a sudden you come into someone stronger and you've got to change, you've got to adapt, otherwise, you know, you're gonna lose and that's that was the case in that fight. I think, you know, it was going well for him, he was boxing well and stuff, and then all of a sudden the fella started putting on him and using a bit more aggression and, and getting to him in the middle of rounds and rather than you know, he switched and stuff and then it was sort of when he switched I thought he could have boxed again and boxed more and moved and won easy but he didn't seem to do. Mm. he seemed, seemed to have a bit of stubbornness about himself and it made it a lot closer than it had to be If you want to hear the full uh, Stephen Smith interview
0: uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes. Make sure you just have a little bit of a check. Fight Disciples, it's dead easy to find. We're on audio boom. We're everywhere at this moment in time. Follow us on Twitter at Fight Disciples. All the links are there. You will get loads of exclusive content. Uh, of which, in that interview, before we actually talk about fighting, did you know that you used to be a trainee accountant?
2: I did. I did. I'm going to claim I do know that as well because uh, Paul King was the Liverpool's boxing development officer at the time. Uh, for, Liverpool, for the whole of, of, of Liverpool and um, we had David Price, Stephen Smith and Tony Bellew all leaving school with Boxing for England so they needed like a scholarship, apprenticeships yeah. so Stephen Smith and Tony Bellew they were uh, put onto like a trainee accountancy with Liverpool City Council but it just allowed them to go to Crystal Palace training whenever but give them a, a living wage as well and meanwhile David Price he was, uh, he was put into the plumbing department, he was sent to be like a plumber or a mm. boiler what, what gas he, fitter. He, a gas fitter. He not wasn't yeah. a gas fitter, was it? It was a gas engineer. That's it was what he said. Hot boiler, boiler fitter. A boiler. A boiler. You're, fitter.
0: you're calling pricey a boiler. A
2: boiler fitter or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: <coughs> well, Swift is really good at his maths. Go and check yeah. that podcast out because I sit see, see if you can do this. Okay. All right? Hit you ready? Me. I'm good at what maths.
2: I've got A-level maths. Bollocks. I have. A few years ago now. Like, have you really? I have. Yeah.
0: All right then. See if you can do this because he didn't even use a pen and paper. Bring you it. Ready? Five W. Minus minus eight equals 88. What is W?
2: 5W minus minus eight.
0: That's what I just said,
2: yeah. Equals 88. 26? No. Was it close? Mm.
0: I'm not going to give you the answer off listening to the podcast. (laughs) Swiftie got it like that. I bet he did, He yeah. is. Oh, he's me, Stephen. Yeah, he's yeah, got b- you. Bright, bright button. Anyway, go and check that podcast out. Uh, full interview there, uh, where we talk about all sorts of random things, including fighting, of which we're going to carry on talking about now. Yeah. Because Jose Pedraza is the world champion at this moment in time. In that, he uh, alludes to the fact that he's a switch hitter, how difficult is that? Because you don't know what's coming out from round to round.
2: Exactly, you know, we've all, all, all five fans have, have heard the term, you know, Southpaw and orthodox, and oh, I've trained for the Southpaw and my opponent's changed, now I've got to try and go back to this. And, you know, Southpaws do everything backwards. Um, the problem with the, the switch hitter is you can't really prepare like you can with another fighter. If you know you're fighting Orthodox, you know you're fighting the Southpaw, obviously you get sparring partners in that are similar. With a switch hitter... You don't know whether he's going to be orthodox for a full round, half a round, some of the rounds, for two or three rounds, for the whole fight, or he could be southpaw, the exact opposite. Plus, if you catch him or, you know, if his footwork, it, it, he'll never get tied up in his footwork because he's able to reset himself either side. So his cutting down a ring mm. is 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 obviously going to be quite razor sharp as well. Listen, it's it's just another issue that Stephen's going to have to overcome. You know, is the world champion for a reason. He's a good champion. He's got a lot of experience as well. He's got a bit... Tall, in in at this weight? He is. He's lanky at the weight. You know, he's, he's got a good reach on him. You know, it's a tough fight for Stephen. He's really got to go into the lion's den to win this belt as well. But as you've just touched on then, Stephen's a super smart guy. He's really bright as a button. You know, and I remember writing about the Smith Brothers when, when they were all amateur, actually, but... Uh, when he when he just started kind of breaking through, and Stephen was in the England squad, and Paul was, uh, you know, on his way to the Commonwealth Games and everything else. And back then, young Callum was just a, a, a young kid with a snotty nose and, a, and still in his school shorts. But at the time, <laughs> I would never say that to him now. He's six I would even say to his face. Well, this, <laughs> this was Callum's sub six foot. You know, when he was not the tallest out of the four brothers, he was just a young lad, very quiet, very human. It was the other three that were really blazing the trail at this stage. Callum was always the quiet one. Um, but At the time, you know, he used to be speak to Paul, you speak to Liam, you speak to everyone around that camp. Stephen was the intelligent one, he was the boxer, you know, he was the real star. Well, look at his
0: amateur career, it was sensational.
2: 150 fights, and you know, what, what a handful or two losses. I know? think, yeah,
0: I think out of 152 fights, he said that he lost 20 in Incredible. total on points and stuff like that. And we know that he became Commonwealth Gold Medalist in, yeah. in Australia 10 years ago. That man,
2: I know it's crazy how time flies, yeah, isn't yeah. It? absolutely insane. I know he went to um. He went up to the world championships I and mean, he had massive hopes for him as well. But he, he lost, I think, in the first round to a German guy, which was a big shock because yeah. he had massive expectations. Can I just to do uh, point out, out that he
0: talks about that within our little chat? Because, Brilliant. Because he looks beyond his opponent, first time and last time he's ever done that. And that is actually, it happened in Chicago, that, if you remember. Oh, wow. So he's got unfinished did, business yeah. in the States, my man.
2: That's right, yeah, of course it did.
0: So make sure you go and download uh, the podcast, um, the Stephen Smith special interview uh, on, in Fight Week as we build up to uh, the fight at the weekend. But. From his performance against uh, Davis David Yes. Because he was devastating in that particular brilliant. fight. A brilliant. A lot of that that was brilliant best body performance. Hitting.
2: Yeah. Best performance. Yeah. Are
0: you anticipating I personally am anticipating a similar thing. I think he's gonna go and chop down the tree. I genuinely think he's gonna stop this kid. He's gonna do you think he's gonna have to stop him because of where this fight is taking place?
2: Yeah. Um not necessarily. You know, the a Puerto Rican anyway. I think he's based in the US now, but he's you know, he's not a national. Um so I don't necessarily think Steven's got to stop him to win. I'm like you. I think he could drop him. You know, don't forget, Pajaz is a lot taller than Bashir was as well. So mm. there's plenty of torso for Stephen to aim for. And just the manner in that, in that performance at the at the Liverpool Olympia. You know, I'm, I'm proud to say I've been at most of Stephen's fights fight throughout his career. And um, You know, for me, that was the that was the breakthrough performance. You know, to do that in a world title eliminator—that's that's that's what it's all about. You know, you've got that's when opportunity knocks for you, and it's been a tough time for Stephen because he was kind of presented as the as the boxer in the family, the stylist, if you like. And um, obviously, he he, since they since they all moved up to Manchester and stuff, he had that tough defeat, which at the time he thought, oh, you know, Lee Selby, you know, Stephen's got more amateur experience, he's only one, isn't he? And blah blah. But now, you know, that the. There's no shame in that loss to Lee Selby because the kid's the best featherweight on the planet. Different
0: weights, exactly, different different weights. Plus,
2: it was Stephen's worst performance as a pro. You know, that was the worst I've seen Stephen. I thought his tactics were a little bit wrong in that fight. Took the fight to Selby a little bit too much rather than letting us box and do the talking that's the thing for me this weekend in in the game plan you know I've got no idea what the game plan is going in I never caught up with Stephen with you last week in the studio but you know this guy is a big tall rangy fighter but Stephen's strengths for me are still his boxing and his technique you know when he goes into the trenches you know I don't know whether he's got the power there to put somebody away necessarily in one shot but then again he's proved against Machado that once he works that body you know it it reminded me of Paul throws a sensational left hook to the body and Stephen threw that exact same punch that dropped Bashiro. so I'm just hoping that you know some of that rubs off but I think I think you're right Adam I, I don't see it being a stoppage but I could see Stephen dropping him more than once potentially as well uh, I think he can take this kid's heart away I think his boxing is as is, is good as anybody in the entire division and uh, I guess I just get the sense now that I feel like it's Stephen's destiny a little bit you know mm. all the rest that of- Liam Come from nowhere to win a world title. Callum's the most exciting box in the whole of Great Britain, you know, along with AJ, and uh, and you know, and Paul's had three shots at world titles. They they have reached. They, they're on their way. They they're reaching. When they look back in their careers, whatever happens from now, they look back and go, yeah, I achieved that. I did this and I did that. And don't get me wrong, Stephen's been a two way British champion. You know, he's he's fought some of the best around. But I think Stephen himself would kick himself looking back if his career didn't go any further than this. Yeah, you know, He deserves to win a world title. His ability deserves this world title at the weekend. So I'm uh, I'm quietly confident, but keep my fingers crossed.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
2: It's probably
0: one of the most hotly contested uh, betting weekends in sport, with it being the Grand National. Yep. Just remind everybody what horse you went for.
2: Um, I bet on... The baby had Boston Bob, and I had... Oh, Last Samurai, I had... Ten pound winner. Second. Getting nothing for second. Getting nothing for second.
0: Yeah. Uh Masters, get bet anybody on there? I did, yeah, I did Bubba Watson. Is he still playing? He's still going round at the Well
2: isn't he? I did Bubba Watson to win and I did um Ian Poulter each way, and I think the two of them are actually still playing now. Yeah.
0: Earlier on in the podcast, we discussed uh, how you thought the AJ fight would go. Yeah. So you've had a bit of a shocker.
2: Um, uh, could it
0: could it get any worse? Uh, with Nick obviously being the editor of Fighters Only Magazine and knowing everything there is to know about the world <laughs> of UFC. <laughs> Calling uh, Big Ben Rothwell, uh, the most exciting heavyweight on the planet at this moment in time. You were a shoe in for UFC Zagreb, weren't you, my friend? You were a shoe in. You were told him he's going to, he's going to either knock the kid out, or he's going to stick on one of his little grapples, uh, and he's going to end up getting a victory. Yep, yeah. not the case, my boy. No, he... you've had a bit of a shocker, haven't you, at the bookies this weekend, lad? He
2: he, he got beat up, Golden Prophet <laughs> by the new Santos. didn't it? Who absolutely wiped the floor with him.
0: Done can not. I can I just say, by the way, that Spartan kick. Was something that something only I've ever seen Gerard Butler do in in, in 300. Absolutely yeah. sensational.
2: I seen a meme on that about 20 minutes after the fight as well. Just it was perfect, just as he kicks him and he thought, This is Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was massively disappointed with Ben Rothwell, to be honest with you. I really thought he was going to take the fight to Junior. And from the third round on, his corner was going, Take him down, take him down, take him down. And he just plodded after him like a big mummy. Taking big shots, you know, and he—he he, he obviously fell in love with the fact that he was going to knock out Junior De Santos. The problem is, he never landed a, never landed a Clean big it, shot it, on it. him. Yeah, mm. exactly. He, he just twenty-five minutes of him walking Junior down with no end product. It was a uh, massively disappointed. And Ben Rothwell would be kicking himself now um, because he, you know, had he won that fight. he would been he'd have got the next shot at the at the mm. UFC belt as it is now. Junior De Santos has put himself right back in the frame, and. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a strange card in Zagreb. A lot so, of
0: first round stoppages I saw.
2: Yeah, well, as we talked about on the show last week, there was a ton of heavyweights on there and stuff. So, and they, you know, a lot of those heavyweights, mm. it was their UFC debuts also. And they were coming in with like a 185% knockout ratios. So I always knew there was going to be a lot of guys getting stretched out. But I was convinced the main event wouldn't go 25 minutes. So, uh, you know, I uh, my predictions were holding strong from the weekend. Yes.
0: Uh, what? The thing is, I'm a little bit worried because you predicted, obviously, Stephen's going to win at the weekend over in uh, Connecticut. Yeah. Let's hope that looks changed, my
2: man. Well, in my, in my defence, on the Thursday at Aintree, um, on Liverpool day or whatever it's called, I had two firsts, two seconds, and two thirds. Throughout the day, my place pot came in. So I was like, oh... Winner? I'm on a winner-winner chicken dinner, and I'm going to have to... <laughs> so all the money that I lost in those other bets was actually my winnings from the Thursday. So, you know, just to, just to let my wife know, I didn't actually lose too much money. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I'm just, a, you know, I've never been good at predicting. I'm usually good at predicting golf. That's the thing that freaks me out. You know, I'm usually... I always pick the Masters champion. But, you know, who's seen that guy coming? Don't even know who he is. Exactly. I had to Google him. I thought he was an
1: amateur. Next time with the Fight Disciples.
0: Our
2: in-studio guest is none
0: other than Martin Murray. He's back out on May the 7th. We'll be talking to him about his fight and an opponent that he's faced in the past who he's fighting on April the 23rd. Triple G, the pound-for-pound best in the world. Also, don't forget, on the exact same night Triple G is in action, it's UFC 197. The return of John... Bones Jones. More on this next week. Don't forget
2: to subscribe.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.